Open your Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter 8. The last time we were together, Noah and his family and all of the creatures um, boarded the ark, and now we are at the part where the flood subsides. So open up to Genesis chapter 8, and let's read along. Genesis 8. But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark, and he sent a wind over the earth, and the waters receded. Now the springs of the deep and the floodgates of the heavens had been closed, and the rain had stopped falling from the sky. The water receded steadily from the earth. At the end of the hundred and fifty days, the water had gone down. And on the seventeenth day of the seventh month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. The waters continued to recede until the tenth month, and on the first day of the tenth month, the tops of the mountains became visible. After forty days, Noah opened the window he had made in the ark and sent out a raven, and it kept flying back and forth until the water had dried up from the earth. Then he sent out a dove to see if the water had receded from the surface of the ground, but the dove could find no place to set its feet because there was water over all the surface of the earth, so it returned to Noah in the ark. He reached out his hand and took the dove and brought it back to himself in the ark. He waited seven more days and again sent out the dove from the ark. When the dove returned to him in the evening, there in its beak was a freshly plucked olive leaf. Then Noah knew that the water had receded from the earth. He waited seven more days and sent the dove out again, but this time it did not return to him. By the first day of the first month of Noah's six hundred and first year, the water had dried up from the earth. Noah then removed the covering from the ark and saw that the surface of the ground was dry. By the twenty-seventh day of the second month, the earth was completely dry. Then God said to Noah, Come out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring out every kind of living creature that is with you, the birds, the animals, and all the creatures that move along the ground, so they can multiply on the earth and be fruitful and increase in number upon it. So Noah came out, together with his sons and his wife and his sons' wives, and all the animals and all the creatures that move along the ground and all the birds, everything that moves on the earth, came out of the ark, one kind after another. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and, taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground because of man, even though every inclination of his heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, will never cease. Now, as we pick it up in verse 1, uh, we see that Noah and his family are just uh, floating along and then God remembers them. Verse 1, 
But God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the cattle that were with him in the ark. And God caused a wind to pass over the earth and the water subsided. Now the wind meant that the Lord caused the water to be pushed around to uh, so it can begin to dry up. Uh, if you have ever uh, had, let's say, your basement flood, for uh, those of you uh, who live in uh, areas where you have a, a basement that is uh, cemented in, and you begin to clean it up, after you suction all the water, a lot of times what uh, people will do is they will put fans down to help dry up the rest of the, of the moisture. I believe uh, that's what God uh, does here. When he sends the wind, not only does it help push the water around, because remember, I'm in the belief that this is a worldwide flood. It wasn't just a flood in a certain section. So uh, the wind comes and the wind not only helps move the water around, but it actually dries the water up and uh, helps to get rid of the moisture. So I believe that's what's happening here. Now, uh, the open ground also seals up. Verse 2 says, Also, the fountains of the deep and the floodgates of the sky were closed, and the rain from the sky was restrained. So what happens here? The floodgates of the sky were closed, meaning that it stopped raining. Uh, when it says, uh, and, and that's also what it means when it says, the rain from the sky was restrained. Now, the fountains of the great uh, deep also closed. Now, I had mentioned in the previous uh chapter that uh, I believe that this could have been a, a earthquake because when we think about all of this type of water filling up the earth you have to understand that this wasn't uh, just the rain from the sky it also says that the fountains of the great deep burst open so we know that there is water under the earth so I mentioned it before but it's due to uh, 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 to be mentioned again that I believe that an earthquake happened uh, the ground cracked uh, the water burst from under the earth and it teamed together with the water that was falling from the sky and that's what made this flood so massive so now the ground has closed back up and uh, it has been sealed and the water has stopped verse 3 the water receded steadily from the earth and at the end of 150 days the water decreased now uh we see it took 150 days of wind for the water to decrease. So that's quite a, a bit of time uh, for uh, the, uh, for Noah and his family to be in the ark for the water to dry up. But you got to remember, you know, this is they they've been in the boat for pretty much the same length of time. So it's going to take pretty much that same amount of time for that water to actually dry up. Now, apparently, Noah or Moses. Uh, who wrote this book uh, they kept track of the time verse 4 and in the 70th in the seventh month on the 70th day of the month the ark rested upon the mountains of Ararat and so we see the ark stopped on Mount Ararat which is uh, modern day Turkey in the Armenian highlands I believe doing his family end up north from where they started and what I mean by north is I mean the direction of north. I believe that when the ark picked up, uh, they, uh, it, you know, and, and it just floated. They ended, uh, they, they ended north. Uh, pretty, you know, uh, pretty simply put. Now, uh, the water continues to decrease. Verse 5 says, and the water decreased steadily until the 10th month and the 
in the 10th month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains became visible. So uh, remember, it said that the waters originally covered the mountains. Now the mountains are back uh, visible. Uh, verse 6 and 7, I'm going to read together. Then it came about at the end of 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made. And he sent out a raven, and it flew here and there until the water was dried up from the earth. This appears to be 40 days after the 150 days of wind. Noah sends a raven because it is said that a raven can fly 500 miles without landing, and this would be required if there was no place to land. So I believe that that tells us why Noah sent out a, a raven. He needed to send out uh, a bird that could fly for, uh, you know, a, a good length of time without even having to land. Okay, so we move on to verses uh, 8 and 9, which I will read together. Then he sent out a dove from him to see if the water had abated from the face of the land. But the dove found no resting place for the sole of her foot. So she returned to him in the ark, for the water was on the surface of all the earth. Then he put out his hand and took her and brought her into the ark to himself. I believe that Noah sent out a dove this time because doves need to land on something like a tree, which we will see in the coming verse. So uh, the previous time he sent out a raven, something that could go a long time without landing. But the next time he sends out a dove, so he wants to send out uh, a creature that needs to actually land on something. Now, as mentioned before, Noah's keeping track of time. Verse 10. So he waited yet another seven days. And again, he sent out the dove from the ark. Now, uh, this time when the dove came back, she had an olive leaf in her mouth. So uh, the water had to be below tree level. Verse 11. And the dove came to him towards evening. And behold, in her beak was a freshly picked olive leaf. So Noah knew that the water was abated from the earth. Okay. Uh, now, uh, J. Vernon McGee said that this was symbolic of peace, that that is uh, the dove with the olive branch. Now, you know, he believed that that was the reason why uh, it was recorded or noted that the dove this time came back with an olive branch. Of course, it also, you know, could just mean that, hey, you know, uh, the water has not, is now well below the mountains and it's now down to tree level. Verse 12. Then he waited yet another seven days and sent out the dove, but she did not return to him again. Uh, to my understanding, the dove did not return because the water was gone and the trees were totally accessible, unlike the previous seven days where maybe just the top uh, of the trees were visible. Uh, now, we notice in the next uh, we notice uh, in the next verse, the surface was dried up. Verse 13. Now, it came about. In the 601st year, in the first month, on the first of the month, the water was dried up from the earth. Then Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and behold, the surface of the ground was dried up. So now Noah uh, is pretty much uh, sure now that the water and everything has dried up and it may be safe for them to come out. Uh, now we know this uh, once again time is recorded verse 14 says and in the second month on the 27th day of the month the earth was dry 
So they're doing a good job of have, of keeping time recorded. Now, after all this time uh, that Noah and his family had been on the ark, Elohim speaks to Noah. Verse 15, then God said to Noah, then uh, God spoke to Noah. And then God uh, gives a command, verse 16, go out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Okay, so now Noah knows for sure it's okay to come out of the ark. Now, Noah opens the side door, verse 17, and it reads, bring out with you every living thing of all flesh that is with you, birds and animals and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth that they may breed abundantly on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. I'm sure the animals were happy about this. You know, after being cooped up all this time and, you know, they're used to running free, now they're going to get back at it and, and get back to basically uh, 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 having the, the dry land and the earth being their habitat. Verse 18, so Noah went out and his sons and his wife and his son's wives with him. Now the humans exit, exit the ark. Excuse me. Now notice, everything went out in families. Apparently, uh, this is so they can start mating and replenish the earth. Verse 19 says, every beast, every creeping thing, and every bird, everything that moves on the earth went out by their families from the ark. And uh, it was so. Now, next we see that uh, Noah uh, offers praise to the Lord. Verse 20, then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. Okay, here we see why Noah was instructed by the Lord to take seven of all clean animals. Why? So he could offer sacrifice unto the Lord. That's pretty, you know, plain and simple. Now, we notice that uh, the Lord gives his thoughts on the sacrifice after Noah uh, provides a sacrifice. And we notice that in verse 21, and it says, And the Lord smelled the soothing aroma, and the Lord said to himself, I will never again curse the ground on account of man, for the intent of man's heart is evil from his youth. And I will never again destroy every living thing as I have done. Okay, now... I also would like to read that uh, out from a different version. Let me actually read it now. I just read out the New, Amer uh, New American Standard, as I said before. Uh, I that's the that is the version that I always use, unless I uh, uh, say otherwise. And this will be one of those times. So give me a second and let me get Genesis. 821 and let me get this out of the NLT because I think that uh, that version may actually uh, you know it, it may actually say it a little bit better and maybe make it a little more clear Genesis 821 I'm going to read it again and the Lord was pleased with the aroma of the sacrifice and he said to himself I will never again curse the ground because of the human race even though everything they think or imagine is bent towards evil from childhood. I will never again destroy all living things. So, so what we see here is the Lord, uh, you know, giving a promise on, uh, 
and and reflecting on what just happened now uh let me touch a little bit on the far, on the part about uh man's heart being evil from his youth and that's why i want to read it out of two versions i believe the reason why the lord said that he will never uh, destroy the earth in this manner again bringing a flood that would basically just drown everything you know all humans and all of the animals that had to go with them is because uh, the Lord knows that men and women will never stop being evil he knows that men and women uh, as he said uh, their heart is evil continually now some of us uh, are of a belief that well the Lord knows uh, your heart and the Lord knows, uh, and we say it as if it's a good thing, but it's not a good thing because the Lord talks about mankind's heart right here. And he says, what about it? Well, it's evil continually. We're always going to be thinking about evil. So the Lord is saying from the eight people who are getting off this ark, Noah, his wife, his uh, three daughters-in-laws, and his three sons, that from them all the way to where we are to this day and to the end of time that mankind will always have evil in their hearts so really in my in my opinion i feel the lord is saying that it's pointless at this at this uh juncture in time it's really going to be pointless to do this again because mankind is always going to uh think you know evil continually now i uh, also would like to touch on uh before we move to the last verse about the flood there are uh, plenty of people who uh don't believe that this was a worldwide flood there are even some people who will say well you know the bible is uh is a book of myths anyway so we don't believe that this ever happened it's just not likely it's just not logical that a flood could come and destroy the whole earth where's the proof well Let's uh, cover a little bit of proof, okay? Uh, we know that if you do even just the smallest amount of research, that they have, uh, that people have found cities underwater. Have you ever stopped to wonder how was that possible? How could cities actually be find have, have actually been found under the water? How could that be? Uh, and this is some of the. Uh, research I came up with. According to the National uh, Geographic, in Port, in Port Royal, Jamaica, a city uh, is found under the water. Okay, and also uh, the History Channel uh, did a documentary that I uh, recently watched as while I was doing research for this, and it uh, says that in uh, uh, the Walker, uh, the Gulf of Cambay in India, just 70 feet down there was an underwater city discovered. Now, 70 feet down is really not that far. But right here, off of the coast of India, there was another city. So that's two places at, on opposite sides of the, uh, of the earth. And that's why I brought that up. One uh, right there in, by Jamaica, Port Royal, and another one right off the Gulf of uh, Cambay in India. There, are, there were two underground cities found. Now, you can look that up for yourself and do the research for yourself. Well, how did these cities end up under, under underwater? Because it was a worldwide flood. Uh, another thing is you have, uh, you hear people say, well, you know, where, where, well, you know, wouldn't there be dead things all over the place if there was a worldwide flood? Well, there is. You know, archaeologists all the time are finding bones buried in the ground, bones of animals and bones of humans buried under the ground all over the place fossils uh everywhere where how do you think that happened worldwide flood you know uh the bodies yes i believe that there were tons of bodies still on the earth 
you know, when Noah and his family came out. But a lot of those bodies were were probably buried and sunk in in the earth. And we know from just doing your just doing your own research, you will see that they still find uh, uh, literally hundreds of thousands of dead things all the time buried under the ground. Okay, with that, we will uh, move on. Uh, verse 22, uh, and then the Lord God continues his thought. And I read verse 22, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. So the Lord just continues his thought that he uh, started in verse 21. Well, that brings us to the end of Genesis chapter 8. As I always say, be a Berean. Go back and study these things for yourself. I love to teach the Lord's word, but I never want anyone to just take anything that I say as as fact. I, you should go back, study it for yourself. Take time, even if it's a little time in the Lord's word every day to have the scriptures come alive to you. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, for giving us a record of the things that happened in the past that connects us with you, Father. We know that through your word is how you speak to us in this day and time. We thank you for it and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.